you found yourself on another episode of Locked on Bulls. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the Bulls loss that stings. Not really. Expected the loss. We're going to talk about all that and more right after this. You are Locked on Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked on Bulls. Locked on Bulls, member of the Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. That's Pat, the designer, host and creator of the Windy City Breeze. I'm Hayes, host and creator of Chicago Bulls and Chicago Bears Central. Pat, the Bulls got, they got waxed. In Memphis against the Grizzlies, um, just just got outworked. More energy uh, the Grizzlies had. Everything, despite you know the second quarter and third quarter specifically looking pretty good. Uh, Bulls score fourteen points each in the first and fourth quarters of this game. How do you feel about the game? I'm gonna be honest with you. This is the first game all season that looked like the Bulls played a second of a back to back. I'm I'm not upset about this game. The Chicago Bulls in the first quarter showed zero fight. I mean, zero uh, ability to fight back versus the uh, um, the the pressure, the 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 aggression, the the contact that Memphis was putting up against the Bulls. Second quarter, third quarter showed me that hey, we're going to actually bounce back. We're going to fight back in this. Fourth quarter, you run out of gas. That's how second of back to backs look more times than not. I'm not upset about the Knights' loss. I, I see, it, uh, and, and it's because right the three that are before this on the on the opportunity for the Bulls to win a four game four games in a row. The Spurs, you never led. The Rockets, you never led. The Charlotte Hornets, I believe we led once in that game. I can deal with you losing to good teams on a second of a back-to-back if you show me that you're willing to fight. The Bulls in the fourth quarter ran out of gas. They were getting open looks. They were getting good looks. They were getting shots they normally have knocked down this season and over the last 20-game stretch. That really has been the – I'd say, what what are we up to? About 25-game stretch where where they played much better, and they didn't win. I, I can disagree with you that. there. To me, they didn't take good shots, especially in key parts. The turnovers, the lack of like I won't say that I'm not saying that they didn't have a lack of energy, but this to to blame it on it being a second of a back to back. Every team plays back to back. That's not an excuse for an effort of this kind from any team at the professional level. Not not to me. Now when there, you where was that lack of effort at the end? There of was this there game? was tons at of lack of effort this in this game. Yes, the there was of tons game? of lack of effort at the end of this game. You what score we fourteen points. We're talking lack of effort with the lack of execution, the their harebrained uh, plays that were made, the, the misses on rotations of defense. To just say to me that the Bulls just didn't have effort. No, the Memphis Grizzlies missed snuffed out. Open the, shots. The, the, the snuffed out. It's more than missing open shots. They took bad shots. They stopped going through their offense. They passed up what could have been wide open shots to then make the shots more difficult on themselves. Io, Caruso, even Zach did that several times in this game. To I, me, I, this... 
this, it's, that's that's not that's not just the 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 lack of of uh that's not just not having energy on a back-to-back this team got punched in the face and then they do what we've seen before maybe if we didn't see it so much this season i'd be more inclined to believe your to to agree with I, your side of thing i mean i feel it's that not, but like this the, the team this team this team this hold on you hold on you had your chance to cook this team has shown this same thing time and time again when you face a younger team that's scrappy regardless if yep. it's on a back-to-back or not they mm-hmm. get punched in the face and they right. wither away that's, That's what they did several times in this game. And so to me, maybe I'm just not giving them the bell of the back-to-back, and that's fine. I'm not saying that you're wrong for giving them that. But to me, it would be different. I would give that if we didn't see the same type of play on games that weren't back-to-backs against young, scrappy teams that just play with more energy than the Chicago Bulls. I'm with you on that, 110%. I, I, I can rock with you on that, but I think tonight wasn't that night. I think tonight you saw open shots by the Chicago Bulls in the fourth quarter that were just missed. Nikola Vucevic. We see that every game from this team. But, every but, game, like that's that's what I'm saying. There's but, nothing that you're saying that's different when the team doesn't play back-to-backs this season. There's nothing that's been different about that. I, they I'm constantly miss open shots. I'm with you, but the thing is, right? Like we don't see the Chicago Bulls take good shots. We don't see the, we see the Chicago Bulls take. Okay, we we just shoot. We have to shoot, right? Zach Levine's just throwing that mug up there. Nikola Vucevic just trying to make something happen because there's nothing left to do. Patrick Williams is shooting because they tell me I should shoot. That's not what we saw tonight. We saw Patrick Patrick Williams, who's been efficient, missing open three-pointers in the corner. That's been a shot he's been able to knock down. Ayo Sumu missed a couple of open, easy layups that he was able to hit the entire game, the entire game. He actually was very well, very good in this game. And then the fourth quarter, he couldn't knock down those open layups, right? We saw Alex Caruso not be able to knock down those shots. I, I feel like today was a day where you saw the Bulls start to play at a level that was better than the Memphis Grizzlies. And then it slowly worked its way back because they just didn't have the energy by the end of that game. Again, right, in the first quarter, you needed to come out better. I'm with you. I'm 110% with you. I feel like they came out and they were like, the physicality of this game is way too much for us. We're, we're, we're getting punked right now. They, the Bulls got punked in the first quarter. I think in the fourth yeah, they got quarter. Punked a lot. They, they they got punked in the first quarter, hundred percent. Like they they looked they looked like dog. I was sitting there watching. I was just like, bro, like what what are we even doing here right now? But in the fourth quarter, I felt like the Bulls just literally ran out of energy after fighting their way back into a game, after fighting their way back into like right like I can deal with you showing me fight and you lose on a second of a back to back. I can't deal with you just getting your butt kicked the entire game and you lose this game. Are there things that the Bulls did in this game that may look similar to games we've seen before? 100 110%. I'm not going to say there's not. There are, right? Like, there were moments where the Bulls just looked bad. But in the fourth quarter of this game, I can't sit there and tell you that the Bulls just didn't come out and give energy. They didn't They didn't try to fight. I think that defensively, they just ran out of gas. But see, because- that's the thing. You can play with energy. Energy don't mean nothing if you're not executing. You can play. You could not have energy and still yeah. execute. This team did not execute down the stretch. This team gave up. Like I said before, passing up good shots to take more difficult shots. The stupid things. That's not an energy. Yeah, energy played a part. And I'll never say that energy doesn't play a part in the second of a back-to-back. It's always going to play a part. But that's the same for everyone in the league. The Bulls did not execute. And then also, I think also just blaming it on a lack of energy is taken away from the suffocating defense the Memphis Grizzlies played. They're the second-best defensive team in the league. 
It, and, and the Bulls, it's not to me, it's not just energy in this. It's a team that that didn't know how to how to how to combat. And even even the third quarter, the time that the Bulls looked the best. To me, what I saw from that is a Memphis Grizzlies team, a young team that got overconfident and thought that they had it. And the Bulls finally realized, hey, we're starting to find some success. The moment the Grizzlies got back on it, the Bulls withered away again. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I can I can I hear you on that. I just I, I think in this game, right, like I don't feel like this has been what we've seen normally on the second or back to backs. To me. Right? I, I, I mean I just, that's fair. That's I, fair. I, I don't I don't think that the Bulls came out and gave us the same effort. I we saw Zach Levine get himself going. We saw Nikola Vucevic get himself going. And we saw those guys, right? Like if it was just P. Will, if it was Kobe White, if it was Iota Sumo, if it was those guys, right? Like, I almost could like be I I, I would agree with you hundred percent. Zach Levine got himself to a point where he was cooking. Nikola Vucevic, yeah, outside of Zach, Vooch got himself to a point where he was cooking. In the fourth, we've quarter, seen that before though. But 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 usually Vooch is the guy that stays consistent. Okay. In the fourth quarter, they were still going to Vooch. He disappeared. In the fourth because quarter, of the defense they went to Zach on. I mean, Vooch had a lot of open shots that he missed. Vooch had a lot of not like, in the fourth Jer- quarter though. A- absolutely, Jaron Jackson. Not Jr. in the fourth quarter, Jackson bro. Like- Jr. was out of position a lot of times, and Vooch was taking open mid-range shots that were rimming right back out and going he the was, other he way. He was doing the post moves, yeah, but it wasn't just that. It was still the defense. The defense uh, that Memphis, the Memphis Grizzlies played. Go back and watch that fourth quarter. It was very a concerned effort and a focused effort on how they played defense on Vooch because Vooch was the only one being consistent. Zach Levine had withered back away at that point. And they and they and they put the Memphis Grizzlies forced the Bulls to put the ball in the hands of the Bull, of the players that the Memphis Grizzlies wanted to have in their hands and that played into the Memphis Grizzlies hands in that game. Vooch, Vooch had a lot of looks in that second half, in that fourth quarter that he did not knock down. Open looks. I, yeah, I, I don't know. It, and that's it, because it, that's like, listen. I know. It's, I'm, it's I'm not talking, just about, energy, I'm talking about open looks. You got, you got to know. Bro, it wasn't as many open make. looks as what you. Not in the fourth quarter, bro. I guarantee you it's not as many open looks. If me and you went back and watched the game, every possession of Vooch, though they're not as open as you're making the scene. Well, we bro. can do it because we know that we know that we're going to have this conversation again. <laughs> All right. Next up. Love it when we get a little bit heated here. We both passionate it, about the Bulls. We, we rarely it's, debate on this yeah. much. Then you are both too rational, bro. We just be like. Yeah, yeah, they do suck. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. I think, and that, that that definitely helps too. That we both can very well admit this team has sucked at times. But next up, we're going to talk about one thing you don't want to suck on is the next hire at your job. And Whoa. LinkedIn Jobs Whoa. helps you. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! I'm not letting you move past that. Restart that read. Uh. No, I'm sticking by it. You don't want to suck at the next hire you make for your job. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire the qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with the people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates uh, to your job 
uh, to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond the resume data by using insights from your job posts, company, and their 875 million member profiles to put your posts in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality content, quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, Pat. Hey, listen, before you do that, the NBA trade deadline is approaching this Thursday, and Locked On has you covered Thursday, February 9th. Tune into Locked On NBA on YouTube at 2 Eastern time to hear the reaction from the trades that will change the rest of the NBA season. Who becomes contenders? Who's tanking for a better future? Subscribe to Locked On NBA on YouTube, and don't miss a deal. Your boy will be on there with host of Locked On NBA on Wednesday, Nick Engstead, and Locked On uh, Mavericks as well. There you go. All right, Pat. The bench, three for 19 as a bench today. That's only three total made baskets from your bench as a total. Now, me and you both talked about Andre Drummond's last game in which it was his best game, maybe as a bull um, in general. And so he followed that up with playing exactly into the things that got him out of the rotation initially. I think me and you both agree that Drummond was playing at a, at a time or well, for a period of time where he deserved for his minutes to get cut. Now, he got completely out of the rotation. Then we didn't play him in, in against games where we needed the size. By the way, LeBron James, four points away from breaking the scoring title. Uh, what? Do, how did you feel about the bench specifically and how it uh, impacted the game tonight? Poorly. You know what? Um, the, there's a moment where the, in the last game, the Bulls relied on their bench. And there are games where you should be able to rely on your bench more so than not. Back-to-backs are usually those games. That didn't happen tonight. And that that's that's the biggest problem for the, the Bulls in tonight's game. Kobe White, awful. Um, Goran Dragic has kind of – I mean, honestly, right, like at this point halfway through the season, what's our, what's our real assessment of him? Right, like I, I feel like we like Gorin, but I don't love Gorin. Uh, yeah, I think some some Bulls fans are like are completely against moving on from Gorin. And I, while I respect what Gordon's give given us, you can clearly see like the age being a factor, Gorin. And I know some people are like, well, we should start Gorin. Gorin wouldn't so playing a thirty minute game. Gorin would have to sit the next three games unless yeah. we, unless we we got some space in there. Um, and so you know, I, I've seen. Two points away from breaking the scoring title. I have seen, uh, you know, there's Bulls fans saying, hey, could we be interested in this player? There's rumors John Wall may be bought out. And at this point, I'm like, I wouldn't hate that if we move on from Gorn, bro. I like Gorn. I respect for what he's give. I love the chemistry him and Drummond have. But, hey, there's times where it's kind of so-so with Drogic. If I had to deal with a 36-year-old player, go sign Rajon Rondo. 
That's how I feel about it. Like, but what like, about what about Goran does have a better ability to shoot though? We that has fallen off here the last like ten games. But. I'm gonna be honest with you, and I talked to you about this earlier. The thing, and and I I I went back during my lunch break today and watched a ton of. I probably watched four full games, of or full game like the condensed version, right? So it's like twenty minute games or whatever of Zach Levine with a point guard. Mm-hmm. He's a completely different player. I know Lonzo didn't run half court sets. Yeah. But with a guy that just understands how the floor works, he was a absolutely completely different player. And we don't have that player right now. He's he's he doesn't look like the player he looked like last year with Lonzo Ball on the court. So I'm gonna be real with you, like. At this trade deadline, with all the rumors and everything that's going on, you need to find somebody, not a scoring point guard, not a guy that can come out there and shoot threes, not a guy that can space for. There needs to be somebody that can run offense. That's mm. what the Bulls are missing. And, so, and, and that takes you to another step. My, here's, my, here's my thing, and this is my biggest concern. And while I understand, I completely agree with you, because we've talked about this on the, the idea and concept between by having a point guard that can run the offense. I oh. gotta applause you. What? We gotta stop. LeBron James just, just tied. Passed. Wow. See. Wow. Hey, we're, we can always say wow. that we were live on this. We can always look back at this wow. moment and know where we were. Um, 38,388 points for LeBron James. The game is stopped. It is 104-99. Lakers down. That that's that's goat status. No, that's not my goat. G- G-O-T-E. Greatest of the era. There you go. Okay, we can agree with that. Uh shout out to LeBron. That's that's a moment, bro. Regardless, that is I'm, great. I, I'm a Bulls fan and a Michael Jordan fan, but I am also a historian of NBA basketball. And you have to commend I had what this to, man's been able to do. Because of how we record the show, because of when we record the show, yeah. I I I had to I had to be a part of this moment during Locked On Bulls. That's major. Uh unfortunately it does come on Lou Dort. <laughs> oh no, who is that? Who is that? Oh no, that's uh that's, that's what's uh, his name? Yeah, that's not Lou Dort. Uh, that's old boy with the with uh, the weird I hate the, I hate the weird I haircut. Hate the hair- that mod- that's that's the worst haircut. modern haircut ever, bro. Uh, but let's let's get back into it. Let's I don't do even it. remember let's the point it. I was let's making. Um, Brian, my concern. Credit to you, credit to you Brian. Oh, uh, hold on. Salute. Salute. Let's go, Brian. All right. Uh, shout out to LeBron for living up to all the hype surrounding him, too. By the way, not many many players do that. But my concern with adding a point guard to this roster is how much of the half court offense are they going to be able to run because as long as Billy Donovan has DeMar DeRozan I think he's always going to allow DeMar to be to be the one to do that but there's still merits to be said like Io we have already said me and you've said it Io is more of a combo guard and I think if he was able to play that coming off the bench he'd be even more dangerous able to push the pace do you think the Bulls add that then at this deadline do you think it's something they look to do in the offseason or do we get Lonzo Ball back by then I, I think they're they're going to hold out for the Lonzo Ball option, but I I think you need to find another way to share that up. That other way needs to be 
if it's Bones Highland, if it whatever the trade is, right? I'm gonna be real with you. The the player that you could get to do it, which I don't know if it works for you, but that you could get to do it, is a hometown kid. I don't know. I, I don't know what the move is to trade for him, but Fred Van Vliet is that player. You mm. move Io DeSumo back to the bench, right? Because the segment started about us talking to the, uh, talking about the bench. You move Io back to the bench. Um, you, you, you're able to then have a starting point guard in your lineup. Fred Van Vliet, I mean, he just got his contract. He makes a lot of money. There's a lot to be said about that, but that's a player that can run an offense. And still be a scoring type player. True, but there's no way that the Bulls trade for a $22 million contract. That's just not feasible with what the Bulls do. I I, I hear you, right? The, the realisticness of them doing that is not, it's not there. <laughs> but to me, if you want to be successful, the one thing that we're missing is a point. I was not a point. I've been telling y'all this. Since we drafted him, I said he's the sleeper of the draft. He was the sleeper of the draft. He's one of the best players to come out of that draft. I love that he came out of that draft to the Chicago Bulls, hometown kid. He's a combo guard. He is more of a two guard than he is a point guard. You have to get somebody in there that's going to run the point. That's not Io to assume. I when when do we love Io most? Well, bro, I, I get the point that you're making, but again, that goes back to the thing, though. What does that say do for half court offense? Because even Lonzo didn't. He was he was a shooter in half court offense. So my question is like, it, especially if the if the uh, we know it's not realistic to get Fran Van Vliet, but my question is if they were to try to make a big acquisition for that. How would we actually maximize on the skill set of that player because Billy Donovan's the coach and his uh, his, his rely and how much he relies on DeMar DeRozan in the half court? I, I think Lonzo is more Lonzo was more of a shooter with the Bulls, right? He was he was mm-hmm. three and D for sure, and I don't think that changes. But it was the IQ of Lonzo. We can't say Lonzo never ran half-court offense. The, Almost I, we can. You know how much percentage of the half-court offense he ran? How much? Less than 10%. That's tough. That, uh, I was going to say, that's, <laughs> that's tough. Yeah. I, I, here's the tough part. I want to debate him, but I know he looked up the number. <laughs> you already know, bro. You already know. I, I, I think I think the thing is though, right? Like even in the half court offense, if the if the ball's in Lonzo's hands, right, Lonzo's gonna make the right decision. If 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 somebody else it, it. It, it, uh, initiates the half court off, offense, Lonzo's gonna make the right decision, and that's something we don't have right now. He will oftentimes doesn't make the right decision. Zach Levine oftentimes doesn't make the right decision. DeMar DeRozan, more times than not, does not make the right decision. Vooch is really the only guy in your offense right now that makes the right decision. And we don't go to him that often. So I, I, I feel like, right, like you have to have a guy that has that high IQ, that has that. And, and we're going to talk about that, right? Like we, we, we got to keep moving, right? I know Brian kind of threw this all off. Of course, LeBron threw this off. I mean, he's talking on the mic right now in the third quarter of a basketball yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, they completely stopped the game. Tom but, you know, Brady didn't stop passing <laughs> the football 
When he broke, what would he break? I don't even remember what he broke. Bro, you got to do your ad read, bro. I, I got to do your ad I got to do your ad I got to do Hey, man, listen. This is all I'm saying. <laughs> Brian stopped an entire game. Anyway, uh, I'm going to tell you all this right now. Here's the thing. Brian's breaking records. Super Bowl is on Sunday. Greatness is coming. And the only app you need this year for greatness is FanDuel. That is America's number one sports book. We're really excited to have them as our new betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports bet sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better because they have so many great features that make being uh, make betting on sports fun and easy. All you got to do, download FanDuel now, and you can bet the Super Bowl 57 with no sweat first bet. You'll get the first $3,000. Y'all heard what I said? $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you know everything from the money line to the point spread who will score a touchdown? They they do everything. I mean, FanDuel is really one of the top book, uh, sports books in the game, and they're safe, they're secure, they're super easy, and best of all, you can get your pay your winnings paid instantly. So join FanDuel today with the promo code Locked On to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl Fifty Seven. That's FanDuel.com forward slash locked on make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports book partner of the nfl all right pat so next up before we go to get today we're a couple of days away from the trade deadline will the bulls should the bulls now will they because will they no but should they be buyers or sellers at the trade deadline I, i'm gonna be real with you i think they should be I think we have so much PTSD that we don't believe they will be. But I believe they will be. Will be what? I think the Chicago Bulls will be buyers at this trade deadline. I don't know if that means that they'll go out for a major piece, but mm -hmm. I think they'll go out for a piece that me and you will sit here and look at at the end of it and we'll be like, that makes a lot of sense. I like that they added that. I might be wrong. But I, I, I feel like, right, like, we're three years into AK, and the only uh, um, the only offseason that we focus on is last offseason. Mm -hmm. AK's been aggressive. AK is not Garpax. AK in one offseason. He's only been here two years, y'all. <laughs> He's only had two offseasons. He's only had two off seasons. His first off season, he went and got Demar. He got Vooch. Uh, Vooch is during Vooch the season. He got Demar. He got yeah. Lonzo. He got Caruso. Vooch during the season, and you want to know what? We had no money. Exactly. No, people forget that. People forget. Everybody was like, "Oh, AK isn't aggressive." Keep in mind, we had no cap space. He executed signing trades. That's why we gave up first round picks for you for in, in those trades. But he he executed signing trades to bring in Lonzo, to bring in DeMar. Now we did sign Caruso with the mid-level exception type money. But other than that, like he was extremely aggressive. And that's why I don't under like I get we are such prisoners of the moment as sports fans. It's not just Bulls fans, as sports fans. And we really live by the what have you done for me lately mindset. But when you're building a team, 
It's not just about that offseason. It's about the year, the process that you go through to get to that point. Yep. And AK had, did, was extremely aggressive. He did more moves in that one offseason than Garpax has done since the season they missed out on LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. That was, that was even before Pax. They signed a bunch of players that offseason, built the bench mob, didn't really do anything since then. I, that's tough, right? We, yeah. Jabari Parker. You're right. You're right. But the tough part is Pax did a lot. Before. Before the Gar Foreman era, yeah, you know Pax I mean? did a lot. Pax I've always a, said that. Pax did a lot. Yeah, like, Pax did a lot. I'm, I'm going to be real with you, and, and I have to give credit on this. Pax being able to come back from Jay Williams is one of the most amazing things in sports. Immediately followed up with Kirk Heinrich. That That's impressive. And Luau Dang. Same draft, right? That That is, yeah. That, that, yeah. that is, no. Is that same draft? No, Kirk and Lou is uh, same draft. That's what I just said, Kirk and Lou. Oh, I thought you were saying Jay Will and Lou. Yeah. No, 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 Kirk yeah, and Lou. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that that is immediately impressive. But the 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 thing for me right now with AK is that if you're talking about being buyers in this market, if you're talking about moving forward in this market, the Chicago Bulls right now have an opportunity where you're not in a position where you have an 18-win team. You're not in a position where you have a 15-win team. You have a team that, yeah, they lost tonight. Tough times. We're, we're two games below 500. Can absolutely turn this around if you get a real point guard in there. I don't know if that's Mike Conley. I don't know if that's Bones Highland. I don't know who that is. I'm not going to act like I do. Fred Van Vliet would be really nice. But even that's going to take time. But the thing that this Bulls team is missing most after watching a lot of tape today is just somebody who can set this team up. They don't have that. They have nothing with that. And that's the biggest problem that this Bulls team has to present. And that's been the biggest problem since Lonzo went out. But that okay, that's that presents an interest. Like, how much do the Bulls try to do if if they have confidence that Lonzo Ball is going to come back and play basketball next season? Should they should they then wait for that? Is that more of a reason to be more no. to wait? You, you still want to go out? Lonzo's not a point guard. Lonzo, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, um, Io is not a point guard. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the, there's there's a million ways we can slice this. Ayo Dosumu is not a point guard. He plays point guard out of necessity. We understand that. That wasn't the question, though, brother. No, but what I'm saying is you need another point guard. You have another two guard on this team. How do you feel about Ayo? Should Ayo be here long term? Absolutely. Then Kobe White should. Kobe White is a two guard, not a three. You have nowhere to play him. If you believe Io should be here long term, if you believe that Io is a better defender and will eventually be a better offensive player than Kobe, or, or or at least similar to Kobe White, then Kobe White should not be here. Move Kobe White to go get your point guard for right now, and then your backup point guard of the future. If you believe Io DeSumo is coming back. Losing Kobe White, Brandon Eljet. I want to give you a shout out because I'm saying this. Losing Kobe White is going to hurt in the moment, 
not in the long run. Eight points a game don't hurt. He's more than eight points a game now, though, because his impact is more than just scoring now. If Io DeSumo's your two and you get a legitimate backup. But that's point. the thing. He's a combo guard. So you don't need – if you have a – if Lonzo's your true point guard for the future, you don't need another true point guard off the bench. That is why combo guards exist. I get what you're saying. I'm not – and there is a team construction and where that works, but I'm just saying for the people that have the mindset of you, you, you keep Kobe and Io – is because if if you believe, if AK believes, I don't. I don't believe Lonzo Ball, even if he does come back next season, he's been out of basketball year, it's going to be a minute. Mm -hmm. But for if AK believes Lonzo Ball is his, is his point guard of the future and he believes that he's going to be ready to go next season, I can absolutely see them not worrying about or kicking the can down the road and not worrying about adding a true point guard for a starter. Now, if you believe your true starting point guard is going to be back in 29 games, well, 20, 29 games plus the offseason to be ready to start next season. It, and, and this is what I would push back on. We can dip out on this. Is our Io and Kobe point guards? That doesn't matter in the conversation that I'm having. What I'm what I'm saying is you need a point guard off of your bench. Goran Dragic is not going to be here long term. This is a one year deal, and that's where maybe, I guess we disagree. Maybe, you don't need maybe Jordan two. Poole isn't a true point guard. You don't need a true point guard behind Steph. He's a combo guard, and they had two combo guards in him and Gary. And you still got Caruso. We still got Caruso on the on the roster. We haven't even talked about Caruso. Hey, hey, I was going to say Gary Payton's a combo guard. <laughs> Gary Payton absolutely is a combo guard. He played point. He played point at times for that team. Gary Payton, Gary Payton, the offensive threat. That doesn't make you. That's not a point guard. This is the modern NBA, uh, bro. Combo, I'm talking about what the position now. he played. What, what is the combo out here, bro? I, I the can't combo, get, combo I can't is to be able to play multiple guys. positions, not being multi in, in what you do. That's I, what I, that's what I talk about. Combo I, guard. I, at. I, I can't get the beef with no fries. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, come on, uh, I bro. I've seen you eat fries. just fries, bro. Shut up. Anyway, <laughs> I've seen you eat just fries. Before we go, let's answer this question because I got a, a interesting take, and then we'll go out on this. Jahadine, Yo, Hayes, and Pat is LeBron better than Jordan? Now I'm feeling conflicted. And here's my answer to this. And Pat, I want to give yours too. We didn't. Kareem owned the scar, scoring title. It didn't stop LeBron. I mean, didn't stop Michael from being the goat. Just because LeBron now owns the scoring title, it doesn't automatically make him the GOAT over, over Michael Jordan to me. If that was the case, we would have been having the conversation for the last 20 years on, is Kareem really the GOAT over MJ? We didn't have that conversation. So now the people are like, well, now that LeBron owns the scoring title, is he actually the GOAT? No, he just owns the scoring title. He's a great of this game, but it doesn't make him better than Michael Jordan, in my opinion. Go ahead, Pat. LeBron James is the greatest small forward to ever touch basketball. There's no question. That there's no name you can bring up that I will ever say is better than him. I would put LeBron James over Kobe Bryant. Championships aside, LeBron James is a better player. There are things that LeBron does that are better than Jordan. And I, and that's, that, that's just easy to see. Yeah. But in the 1990s, when Jordan got his statue, Players of that era were saying that Jordan was the greatest of all time. Players of that era who were on the team with the player who holds the scoring title were saying that Jordan was the greatest player of all time. Michael Jordan never said this. Michael Jordan never brought this up. 
players that were on the team with Kareem brought this up. And at the end of the day, he still won three more championships after that. And that's my thing is that if you just take what separates Jordan and LeBron, the the MVPs, the titles, that's a Hall of Fame career right there. That's the thing that separates the two of them. Literally, if you take (laughs) Jordan's career, a Hall of Fame career separates them. Now, I'm I'm not – here's the thing. I, I don't begrudge people who say LeBron is the GOAT. I get people that say LeBron is the GOAT. And for me, the biggest thing at the end of the day is that we all got to experience this moment together. We got to experience NBA history together. 66 people in here, people on playback over on the, on the breeze. You know what I mean? Like, we got to experience NBA history together. I, we got to say that LeBron, we watched LeBron James break this record versus OKC. Yeah. That is in a loss, it looks like it's gonna be too. That's tough. I'm not, <laughs> that's tough. I really hope they dog. If if we be at a hundred percent, that's the real question. Not as who's the goat. Does it mean as much if they lose this game, bro? Hey, you want to know right, it's an iconic moment? We got to wrap it up, bro, because Nick going to get us. I'm with you. I'm with you, Nick. Hey, don't worry about it. Anyway, one thing. You want to know what's an iconic moment? DeMar DeRozan scored 20,000 points this year. What game yeah. did that happen in? I don't know. I don't even remember. We did that versus the Spurs, where we never led once. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's crazy. All right, Pat, send us home, brother. Follow us on everything at Locked On Bulls, man. You can follow me on everything at Pat the Designer. Ayo, Chicago. Y'all stay safe out there, man. You can follow me at CEO Hayes, the CEO H-A-I-Z-E. And thank you for making Locked On Bulls your first listen today. Now for your second listen, go and check out Game to Game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. For Path of Designer, I'm Hayes. This is Locked On Bulls. Peace, y'all. Peace. Jordan to go, but shout out, bro.